Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Now that's breaking news. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Not really, though. Not not really. Uh, Gordon, you ready? Should we dive into what's going on here? You ready yeah, to go? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Bowler is going to join the show, by the way, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Jay Drew will be on with us at 4, so make sure and stay tuned for that. But uh, what's going on? We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Let's start out with Hanson Scotty today. They had Locke on the phone, and he talked about who won the trade deadline. Well, maybe the Jazz, and then Portland. Not an Eric Gordon fan, huh? So, yeah, not really. Um, So let me explain that. One is the Lakers did Andre Drummond post-trade deadline. It's okay, but they really didn't do anything, right? Like Kyle Lowry, the Lakers, it's dramatically different look in the West. So if – and maybe the Clippers won, too, because – I think so. I I might take the Clippers and Jazz as the winners because the Lakers didn't do anything. I think the Clippers, I, th- as much as I don't love the Rajon Rondo pickup, and I really don't love Rajon Rondo for nine million last year. I think watching the Clippers this year and their inconsistencies mirrored last year's that their clubhouse dysfunction was not had not been taken care of. And from everything I've heard throughout the league, their locker room dysfunction was. The team of two years ago, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, the game, you know, the gamers, all those guys, Mo Harkless, like they, you know, all of them, you know, who battled to like the eighth playoff spot, and then they brought the superstars in, and like it didn't gel clearly, right? It didn't gel at all. And Lou Williams last year in the bubble goes to Atlanta, and then you hear his quotes after the game when they lose to Denver and all that. Like, I think they needed addition, more addition by subtraction. Montrezl Harrell revealed everything in the offseason when he said, I didn't even get an offer from the Clippers. Well, maybe there's a reason. And so when, you know, they didn't get an offer, he didn't get an offer from the Clippers. Lou Williams was still with him. They've been trying to move Lou Williams and Pat Beverly all across the league all year long. I think they needed to flush out the rest of the dysfunction and let this new team form itself. And the early signs are it's certainly doing that. Um with a great win last night, despite the fact Paul George didn't play and Kawhi's been much more assertive. So I think the, as much as I don't care if they got Rondo, I think they got addition by subtraction. The Lakers not really doing anything. I think it's a big plus for the Clippers and Jazz. And then while Aaron Gordon will probably be a good mix and actually I think matches them up better against the Lakers really more than anyone else, and they, that very well is the 4-5 matchup, and we'll see whether Aaron Gordon can defend, but he's now – going to have the job of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, which they did not have a single player without Jeremy Grant and without Torrey Craig on their roster that could handle that. So in that sense, that's a nice pickup. I'm certain Aaron Gordon's never thought of himself as a defensive player, so that'll be interesting to watch. But the thing to me about Denver is, and maybe I'm saying too high a standard here, 
But over the last few years, they've had they've moved Juan Herman Gomez, Malik Beasley, R.J. Hampton. They lost Jeremy Grant. Um, who else did they just sent? Who they just sent to Denver? They have major piece that they sent. There was a big piece they sent to Denver. Oh, Gary Harris. Yeah. They have Bull Bull. They have Michael Porter Jr. Maybe they just had Michael Porter Jr. so good they didn't want to trade him. It seems like a fairly real decision. That that's seven guys. I thought those seven guys would yield them Bradley Beal or something of that caliber, not Aaron Gordon. So Aaron Gordon might turn out to be a perfectly good move, but I'm just looking at the assets that Denver had two years ago, and I feel like there's been a lot of player movement in the league, and they didn't go get that, really, that second or third star. They got, like, what's Aaron Gordon good at? Uh, nothing, nothing like... <clears throat> Nothing major stands to mind. It's just he's it, it seems like he's well rounded in a lot of areas. It gives you a lot of defense. It gives you athleticism offensively. Uh, uh, nothing really big pops out to me. Of he's like he, he's not a good isolation this. player. He's not an off the bounce shooter. He's not a pick and roll ball handler. He's not a spot up shooter. He's a really good open floor athlete. Great slam dunk champion. Super body. Insane athleticism. Extra defender. Never understood his you- never never understood his role. Now, Willie in Denver, maybe. So hey, I think I, that's that's my take, is that the the Jazz and the Clippers were the winners of the trade deadline. Portland got better than anyone else, and San Antonio got better than anyone else. They got rid of LaMarcus Aldridge, and they added Gorgie Zhang. There you go. There's Locke giving his breakdown of the trade deadline. Gordon, your thoughts? I don't know what David's talking about, that the Jazz won the trade deadline. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. I think he was saying that the other teams didn't improve themselves to the point where it really hurts the Jazz, but I'm not sure that I would find any way of saying that the Jazz won the trade deadline. It seemed like a bit of a stretch to me. Yeah, just a a tad bit. I, I agree wholeheartedly with his take about Aaron Gordon, though. I think he's pretty right on the money with that one. And if I, he said, to be fair to David, he said it was uh, the Jazz might have tra- uh, tied with Portland, right? Uh, How did they tie? Portland got considerably better. Well, yeah, I I think it was a bit How of a stretch. I, I was about to say I think that Portland won the trade deadline in the Western Conference, certainly. Maybe some Miami yeah. fans might argue with their Oladipo acquisition, but well, one thing's for sure that uh, he. He uh, he did not necessarily agree that I well, with what I said yesterday, meaning he was agreeing with you, and that is that Andre Drummond to the Lakers really doesn't mean that much. I thought it was a very nice pickup, but he uh, sounds like he he throws in more with what you were saying. So, all right then. It feels good to be right. Well, it's just because David says it doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> Joking. We'll see what impact. Uh, the, the good news about that sort of argument, Gordon, is we'll get to see them play, and yeah. we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it goes for the Lake Show. We might not see the the whole Lake Show together for quite some time, but we won't know. We really won't know until those guys are back. And when is that going to be? I mean, what's the latest on AD? A couple more weeks, and uh, LeBron. I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I might sit LeBron one way or the other for considerable amount of time because you know that he'll be able to come back and and uh, process the game right away. You guys asked, uh, was it Chris Mannix yesterday, you guys asked about uh, the Phoenix Suns 
and whether or not anyone should be taking them a little more seriously. Or maybe you guys were just talking with each other about it. But anyway. Well, yeah, we did ask him. Do you think teams in the West should be more afraid of Portland with the Norm Powell edition when Yusuf Nurkic comes back? Or what the Phoenix Suns have right now? Which which is a more formidable opponent? Well, is, is Chris Paul going to choke in the playoffs? Or <laughs> is... <laughs> Go off of what you know about each team, yes. Portland. Fear Portland more than Phoenix. Well, Chris Paul doesn't play well in the playoffs, and if he's been the kind of component that's brought them all together, then I don't know. I'm not as certain about what you just said as you are. I mean, I do think the Blazers get better, but I think the Suns need to be taken seriously. I did say didn't take them seriously. Well, you just said that Chris Paul chokes in the playoffs. He does. I don't think that, he does. I mean, he, he's had some difficulty here and there, but he's not a playoff choker. He is kind of. I don't think so. His teams are. His teams. They're better. Well well put. His team. His Except teams for that one. I st- I'm with Gordon on this, though. I think, I think if he had been healthy for that seventh game, I think they beat Golden State. But other than that, the history shows his teams really come up short from where they should be, should have gotten to. Well, that wasn't his fault, obviously, getting hurt. And I think he was the difference in that game. The Warriors were in trouble. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I I think I was destined to be a supermodel. I don't know where things went wrong. (laughs) Did you really have that as a goal? (laughs) Is that a childhood dream? No. See, See, my answer between Portland and Phoenix, and maybe I'm just a hater, but Damian Lillard on one leg... I'll take him nine times out of eight over Devin Booker on two legs. I don't. Damian Lillard is just an assassin, and then you put him in the playoffs, and he just he goes up even more. Yeah, does he have the players around him? And that's where Norm Powell makes them different. Uh, here, yeah. See, the problem is when you when you make that kind of uh, decision about a team. It, it the the thing about Devin Booker is we don't know exactly what he might evolve into. And, you know, because people say that about the Jazz. They say that about uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know. They say that about a lot of the players on the Jazz. They do. But, see, that that mystery is, I think, can be a plus, too. I mean, yeah, the Jazz learned some lessons last year, but you could call them chokers if you wanted to. But I, I view it a little differently. I think they learned some valuable lessons in that series against the Nuggets, and they seem much more determined and focused to get the job done this year. And uh, so I, you know, I I understand what you're saying going solely on the track record, but sometimes guys evolve into something really, really good. I mean, uh, you guys like to uh, have a lot of fun with uh, the Lakers when Magic came in as a rookie, but uh, his presence, he had never gone to the NBA playoffs before, and he led that team to an NBA championship. So just because he hadn't done it before doesn't mean he can't. It's true. Maybe Devin Booker in the playoffs is lights out. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, Maybe I, he, I gets, gotta... he gets lucky like Buck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Austin, in that I don't know either. You know, but there is that potentiality. I mean, he's a fine, fine shooter, and you know, and and I feel the same way about the Jazz. I I think, okay, yeah, they haven't really shown it in the past, but that doesn't mean they can't show it in the future. 
All right, uh, let's switch some gears to college football. Coach Witt had a media appearance this morning, and uh, we thought we'd play a couple of minutes of that and react. We did have a really uh, outstanding practice on Saturday. It was the first live work of, uh, of the spring, and so it was good to uh, see the, uh, the guys when there was uh, no, no limitations. And uh, it, was, it was a positive practice, uh, still continue to make progress. And uh, we're now, what, uh, two weeks down, three weeks to go. And uh, we'll be on the field uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, uh, getting the weekend off and then finish off uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday in the success of two weeks. So, so things are going well. Uh, no uh, major issues at this point. And uh, that's where we're at. So questions? We'll start off with Trevor Allen, kslsports.com. Kyle, when when you look at the running back position last year, you you had a a four horse race uh, going into the season, and then uh, you know Ty, Ty Jordan emerged, and now you've got three running backs, and then Ricky coming in um, later. Do you do you see this being a similar situation going into fall camp, or or is there a guy emerging now? As of now, a very similar situation as last year going into fall camp. Uh, with the three guys that we got uh, at the top of the chart now and then adding Ricky Parks in the summer. Now, that could change. You know, we still got nine practices left this spring, and, and uh, you know, things can happen. People can uh, you know, work their way up or down the depth chart, if the case may be. But, but as it sits right now, that looks like the most, uh, I don't want to say logical, but the most, uh, that I think that's the best bet is that it will be a four-guy four uh, competition between the four guys we're talking about with TJ Pledger, Chris Curry, Makai Bernard, who are here with us now, and then Ricky Parks uh, being added in the summer. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, specifically with Pledger and Curry, you know, they're coming from, you know, two power five programs. They played at a high level. What do they bring to the room in terms of, you know, the maturity and the, um, experience factor also well just those two things for sure uh to start with maturity and, and experience they both have uh been in programs that uh you know, very successful and and uh they're, they're good players and that's something that we, we desperately needed to add to the room is, is more talent and uh they're they're so far as i mentioned last week i think it was the transition they've made is has been very good their work habits uh everything they they know the the, uh, the deal in, in big time college football. I mean, they've been there, done that. So this is this is nothing new to them. And, and uh, so far they fit right in. Just to follow that up, I know that you've addressed this already, but can you just speak to the differences in, may in maybe their styles and, and how they play? Yeah, uh, TJ, uh, more of a, a scat back. I guess you could maybe compare him to John White uh, that was here uh, several years ago, a terrific running back for us and uh, more of that type of a runner. Uh, whereas Chris Curry's a bigger kid and, and more uh, tackle to tackle uh, oriented, although he does have good speed and quickness to get outside, but but he's a much bigger kid, uh, 20, 25 pounds heavier than, than TJ. And so uh, that's the, you know, the two differences in those guys. Next, we'll go back to Trevor Allen. What does it say about the progress of, of your program when you can get two running back transfers from schools like Oklahoma and LSU? Well, we're related to have them. And uh, I think that our track, uh, our track record and past history with uh, running backs has been very good here as far as a production. 
and I think it's an attractive place for running backs to come. They they know that uh, we're going to be running the ball, uh, a very balanced attack running the ball you know, half the time, and, and uh, I think that's something that uh, it's, you know, it's running back friendly, and so running backs uh, definitely have an interest in our program. That's something that uh, in the recruiting uh, that goes on, we've uh, definitely found out that uh, we're, we're, we're very attractive to the running backs in this program. And then to, to a follow-up on that, um, just on, on the O-line, um, you've, you've obviously moved Nick Nick Ford over to center. What does that mean for Orlando Umana? Orlando's uh, working hard. He's, uh, you know, we've got the inside three positions that uh, he fits in any one of those threes, left guard, center, right guard. That's typical. The inside guys typically uh, can play uh, any three of those spots, and, and Orlando's working for one of those spots right now. Um, and then the outside two guys, you know, are typically you know, right tackle or left tackle oriented, not not uh, cross training inside. So that that's how we separate. All the inside guys get work, pretty much all three positions, uh, but the outside guys stay stay on the edge. But uh, Orlando is having a good spring so far. Uh, he was a little banged up at the end of last season. He's feeling better now, and uh, he's competing every day. There's Coach Witt from his media availability talking about spring ball. I found that breakdown on the on the running backs helpful, Gordon, because I think that that might be the biggest storyline for me in the offseason going into fall camp is who's who's going to be the dude. They need somebody. Who is it going to be? Yeah, and uh, Utah is a, known as a running back uh, haven. So it doesn't really surprise me that, uh, that uh, athletes who are, for whatever reason, want to move that yeah, Utah is a very attractive place for them to come. So which one it's going to be, I, I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. It'll be interesting to find out which one emerges. What are you going to do if you have two of them emerge? I mean, coaches always say it's a good problem to have. Is that true? I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have if one of them gets hurt. But if you've got two really good ones, doesn't that get a little bit problematic as far as divvying up the the, uh, the time uh, on the field? Utah's done it a bunch of times in the past. Yeah, I think they true. figure it out. I mean, going back to Ma Fala and Juan Johnson, right? <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, who was uh, Quinton Ganther and Brandon Warfield? Um, or and Marty Johnson, right? The second year was Quinton Ganther and, and Marty Johnson. I mean, we've seen them do it at times. Usually there's a 1A, though, right? I mean, Utah yeah. usually has a 1A, and then there's room for other backs to have an impact. They messed it up with Bubba Poole over Devontae Booker. Yes, they did. They missed on that one a little. Well, Witt's had a couple of those throughout his career where he's kind of identified the wrong back, but after a few games, usually the number one rises to the top. I mean, Happened with Matt Gay, too, at uh, kicker. At kicker. But uh, um, Ty Jordan was splitting carries for the first yeah. couple of games last year. Um, the, the most infamous one in my mind is where uh, Darrell Mack, remember yeah. Gordon? He yes. was third on the depth chart, and then he emerged and mm-hmm. saved their season. I'm trying to remember the, the two guys that were in front of him. Yeah, I, I remember that, and and uh, that didn't didn't Mac end up? Uh, I mean, he was he was really rather productive. So really productive, yeah. I mean, it goes back to the whole thing about judging talent. Sometimes is is really tricky to figure out who's better. I mean, everyone always says Alex Smith. Remember, wasn't the starter right. for Urban. Yep, and that's the great Urban Meyer. So you, you know, it's certainly not a perfect science. But Utah is really good at, at finding that guy eventually, and then highlighting that guy. 
two things. It was Daryl Poston and Ray Stowers. That's I don't know why oh, that, that just hit me. Daryl Poston and Ray Stowers. Oh, nice recall. Were were one and two, and then Darrell Mack was three, and you talk. I don't want to say bump and skidded in their first few games, but he came on and all of a sudden had a thousand yard rushing season in like seven or eight games or something weird. You and I have talked about this in the past, but I, I told you in standing on the sideline watching practices, it, it's remarkable to me. Two things really stood have stood out to me through the years in watching athletes and teams on the field up close. One is the grace and athleticism of wide receivers. I mean, that that is uh, good ones, especially. I mean, not, not everyone. But the good ones are almost it's it's rhythmic it's uh it's it's a thing of beauty really it's athletic poetry the way some of those guys run their routes and the other is the way the running backs hit the hole man I mean they're running full speed into this mountain of men it's crazy uh it takes some it takes some courage and I've talked to enough of them through the years to know that it, it's some of it's instinctual. I know some of it is coached up. I get that, but the the really really good ones, they they have an instinct to them. Uh, you know, run into daylight, and uh, yeah. So anyway, it's we we watch it on TV or you watch it from the stadium, but when you're down there looking straight ahead at these guys, uh, and you mentioned a whole bunch of really good ones that Utah's had there. Running full speed. I mean, three steps into that line of scrimmage, these guys are, some of them are at full speed at that point. Gordon, there are some pictures coming out real quick here. Sorry, I I was uh waiting for a second. I didn't want to interrupt your train of thought. There are some pictures from the Jazz Plane that have come out. Um, Brian Schnee, I think is how you say it on Twitter, has tweeted out uh, pictures of it. First of all, it roughed up the engine pretty good. Second of all, they hit this bird with the nose of the plane because there is blood all over that plane. Oh, really? It must have been a big well, that bird. That looks like a pterodactyl. Yeah, they must have hit a big bird. How did it get from the nose of the plane into the engine? Well, I'm sure the parts didn't just disintegrate. Oh, what are we talking about here? What kind of bird? I, this is. This look looks like a picture. Sp- oh. Yeah, they hit like an albatross or something. I mean, was it more be, than one? I don't know, Gordon. I'm I'm not on the scene. I'm just looking at the picture here. Looks like a sci-fi horror opening scene to a sci-fi horror where you find out there is a a mutant pterodactyl terrorizing Salt Lake City. And the bird did a significant amount of damage to the plane. <laughs> Seriously, had to have been more than one bird. It must have, because had to have that's been. pretty nuts. Well, if it was more than one, then that could really, really be dangerous. Uh, I'm well, glad those guys got back safely. This was dangerous. I mean, look at if, yeah. if anything is apparent from these pictures is that the bird did a lot of damage to the plane. Glad they're okay. Glad they're on the ground. Yeah, no kidding. There was a, uh, I want to say it was like a 737 or something along those lines. I think it was on the other side of the Rockies. Uh, I want to say uh, somewhere above Colorado Springs or somewhere where a, a, where, where a plane went down because of a, it ran into a, a flock of birds. Man, that, thank goodness they're back safely. That's, that's not good. Yeah. 
Not good at all. I retweeted those pictures if uh, anybody's curious. Or you can go right to the source, Brian Schnee, who I believe is of Fox 13 fame, although I ought to get that right. Yeah, Fox 13. What do you suppose? How do you suppose the pilots? I mean, so the pilots are in the cockpit there. And they're just, uh, you know, doing what pilots do, you know. And all of a sudden you hit what sounds like a freaking falcon or something. Uh, or or a number of them. What's it with That's you good. and and abusing endangered birds? Uh, this is like the third endangered bird you've talked about. Well, I was, I was today. trying to I was trying to think of a big bird. You could what have gone else? with like what? an ostrich or something. Uh, do we have ostriches flying around Salt Lake City? And do ostriches fly like that? I don't think so. You hit an ostrich. Forget about it. I mean, if you hit an ostrich, you're flying too low. But it is a big bird. You could have gone with Big Bird, the beloved Sesame Street character. I was riding on my motorcycle once, and uh, your bullet uh, my, bike. My, 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 my no, it was no bullet bike, but my friend was on his uh, motorcycle in front of me, and we were we were on this highway. We were on a highway to Ocean City, New Jersey, for a day at the beach, and I was uh, like I said, I was behind him, and all of a sudden. All around him, feathers just went poof. He he hit a he hit a bird, and it was. It wasn't a go-go dancer. I assumed it was a bird. I guess it could have been. Feathers went all around him. What else would it have been? Feathers everywhere. And uh, this sounds like more than one bird. I haven't seen the pictures, but uh, I don't think. You know, think about that for a second. You know, the bird's just out there in its natural habitat flying around. I just want to know if this was you and your buddy smuggling drugs in the gas tank of that uh, motorcycle from California to Louisiana. No, I never did that. No, you didn't do that? You and Dennis Hopper? Think about that. Think about the bird. The bird is, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's flying around. That movie just turned 50. My, my jokes are so it. landing flat with Gordon today. Well, I'm concerned about the bird, too. You shouldn't be. But an easy oh. rider joke, that's even your generation. Yeah, easy rider. And that Dennis would be a thing. Hopper, you, you know, Peter I, Fonda. Dennis Hopper and I got on our motorcycles, and it was uh, we were <laughs> trying to make some extra money. It was the 60s, you know. I, mean, I remember we... my English teacher in, uh, I think I was, it was like, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I was in high school. My English teacher was absolutely flabbergasted because she watched, she was in, she was somewhere in some uh, some town, some small town in the south. I won't get too specific about where she was. But she said the audience, some members of the audience, actually applauded at the end of that movie. That's unfortunate. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad they're they're back safe. What what happened? Did they came back? Was the plane uh, was the plane debilitated? Yeah, you can check okay, out the so, pictures. I I retweeted it. We're way so over. They, Gordon. Do the jazz? Do the, oh, sorry. No. Do the right. ja- do the jazz always use the same plane? Uh, no, I believe they use a charter service, and they could be multiple okay. planes. Uh, right. We'll have more coming up next. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.
You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one on a Total Request Tuesday. Songs about the sun or bands, you know, sun. This one goes out to uh, your favorite Declo born broadcaster. I'm just going to leave it at that. You figure it out. <laughs> protect the source. Yeah. I'm looking out for him. Thank you. Well, uh, there's no reason to protect him. Or her. In this particular hey. case, unless, unless somebody's going to take offense at his choice of music. Or hers. So shout out to you, broadcaster, whoever you may be. Thank you for participating in Total tell Request some, Tuesday. Tell me something. Did you hear their show yesterday? Were they going after me pretty good for that? Or I don't even know uh, if they talked about it. Oh, okay. It was yesterday or today? Did they talk about it today? I didn't hear. I don't know. I, I did no they? Idea. Wow, they did, apparently. No, I, I we brought it up on our show yesterday. Remember, Scotty was here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> the broadcaster was here. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, we were. I checked out those pictures that you guys uh, were talking about the jazz plane, and it it's pretty messy. That had to be a flock of birds, man. That's not one bird. You are pretty focused on the bird part of this story. Well, I mean, that's what caused the damage. <laughs> I know, but you're like, get bird to the bottom plane. of the bird part. Was the bird, bird okay? Brain? What kind of bird was it? <laughs> How many birds were there? Requiring well, minds I mean, the, want to know. Well, the number of birds is, is, you know, increases the uh, the the danger. Well, looking you at know? the the damage here, the number of birds is suddenly a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean a lot less? I was saying a lot more. I meant the he, population he of birds has the, taken a hit. Oh, I got you. It's not funny bit, if I have to explain thing. it. Was there an escape at the aviary? <laughs> um, Head count! Here is uh, some news, though. The Jazz will reboard a different charter plane at 545, according to uh, Andrea Urban, and the Jazz team themselves have been sent home for the time being. Uh, I wonder if that really shook anybody up. I think it did. I, I honestly do. Tony Jones has some reporting. It sounds like uh, it sounds like Tony uh, has talked to some folks uh, on the jazz team, or at least part of the travel party, that said everybody's pretty shaken up. They'd prefer to uh, give it a day before they traveled, but it uh, doesn't seem like that would be an option. There, well, the NBA has a rule against that, right? I, I guess under emergency situations, I guess you can go in day of, right? Is there a rule against going in day of? I don't know. I thought there was, but I'm sure they would not take exceptions. But it I doesn't. Mean, what, it, what's a rule? You know, I, I mean, I think that's the way they'd like to do their business. Get in the day before. But it looks like they're flying out tonight. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Wow. Okay. That's nothing to mess around with. I mean, we were kind of having fun with the bird thing, but my goodness, that's scary. Well, not we. I mean, there was one of us who were pretty focused on the birds. Well. What? what are you talking about? You were talking about, you said it was a ter- pterodactyl. I did. Yeah. Which is funny. Because it does look like a pterodactyl. And, by the way, everybody's okay. We knew that from the onset. Except for the bird, of course, which is right where your mind went. Yeah, I, I'm um, not the one that constantly makes John Denver jokes on this show. 
I only make jokes about planes that don't end in tragedy. Does Gordon make John well, Denver jokes? Well, that's pretty inappropriate. No, I didn't make a joke of it. I just said that seemed strange, really kind of weird that, you know, he's saying that, uh, leaving on a jet plane, and then he unfortunately passed away in a plane crash in Monterey Bay. But uh, Is that, that off the 1202? No, no, that's, you know, that's near... You know Monterey, Carmel. Uh, that that that's a tragedy. He's right man. by Carlsbad, Del Mar. Uh, an enormous town. He was. Well, we didn't make. Wow, this got awkward. Anyway, everybody's okay. That's nice. Uh, the pictures Good. out there Good. are uh, interesting. It seems like uh, they're they're kind of gory. But, yeah, Jay Drew is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Jay about uh, Utah's new basketball hire, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on BYU spring ball, as well as uh, Jay covers the Cougar football team and the Ute basketball team for the Deseret News. And uh, he crunched through uh, Craig Smith's contract yesterday, so we'll ask him about that. Did you see uh, that he has um, incentives based on attendance, Gordon? Oh, really? (laughs) Well, it's been a bit of an issue. Yeah, so he's got some bonuses out there. Uh, and a lot of people are saying maybe that will encourage Utah to schedule a, a little bit stiffer non-conference. You know, get some. Well, he said that. He said that uh, at the press conference, he said that uh, that, was, that was his belief. That was his philosophy. And then you add this other layer on top of it. And now he's really motivated to get that that way. And I, I agree with that, though. Who was uh, – what's the name of the uh, – the old uh, Louisville basketball coach way back. Is it Denny Crum? Am I remembering that correctly? Anyway. Bernard he, uh, he is His uh, philosophy was in order to best prepare for the tournament, he didn't mind his team being challenged early in the season with these tough non-conference games. And it seemed to work out pretty well for him in the long run, even though his team's record sometimes suffered a little bit because of it. It's actually to your benefit in college basketball. Even if you lose that game, it works out well for you. As long yeah. as the opponent continues to have a good season. It's why those uh, um, non-conference tournaments have become such a big deal. It's because you can play big-name opponents and get a little credit even if you lose the game. This gets back to our discussion of weeks ago when we were talking about, or certainly when news came out about Larry Kraskoviak being let go, but we had talked about it prior to that that uh, the dwindling attendance at Utah basketball games was costing the university money. And uh, we we were talking about under a pandemic situation, you know, firing a coach when when other people are uh, having salaries cut and jobs lost and whatnot, what's what's worth what, you know, and and those empty seats uh, are expensive. So... And some of them were paid for, I get that, but a lot of them were just plain empty. And so you bring in a coach that uh, has shown a track record to get the fan base excited, and that that's proof of it right there, the fact that that's written into the contract. That's what they want him to do is put fannies in those seats. Real quick on the, the, uh, the bird and the plane and the jazz situation, uh, Stooge underscore 32,000 tweets me, Gordon. And uh, they say, I assume, I'll just say he, assuming it's a he, uh, says, I worked on F-16s for 25 years. First of all, that's pretty rad. 
working on yeah. F-16s. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, and he says, and I have seen many bird strikes. They are extremely dangerous and damaging. Trust me, you don't want to be the one to have to clean out the bird from the plane. <laughs> well, that sounds I think terrible. Of that guy. I didn't think of that either. Imagine- what do you do for a living? I clean bird guts out of plane engines. Oh, imagine that guy's like looking up at that. The, I'm thinking about the photos of the jazz plane. Some poor dude looks up at that like, oh, man. Put on a pot of coffee. It's going to be a long night. Get your big mop. Yeah, that's Yes, Stooge 32,000. I didn't think of that. That Ugh. sounds terrible. Can't just like put a garden hose in it and turn the engine back on and run it. And- you know what I would do is <laughs> I would make the pilot do it. Like, you hit the bird, you're cleaning it. <laughs> like when you rub the dog's nose in the mess. Did I hit the birds? Nah. The only way you're going to learn. This get, hurts well, me more some, than it hurts get you. Get some rubber gloves and uh, something to scrape with. Well, think about it. You're, you're, you're picking, you know, you're picking feathers and beaks and claws and entrails. And just, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Claws. Thank you for that Nat Geo description, too. <laughs> the anatomy of a bird. Yeah. It is dangerous, though, man. I tell you, I've heard stories of, of big jets uh, going down because of uh, hitting, hitting a flock of, of birds. I, I don't know whether there's technology in place to, uh, to prevent that sort of thing. Apparently not in this case. But uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's dangerous, man. That scares me. Jay Drew joins us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Market update next. Bowler at 5. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Seems a bit on the nose for today, no, Austin? I see what you're On the nose in in many different ways. All right, anyway, anywho, it's time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon talked about flipping the bird earlier. Oh, it's just, it's one of those days. Jazz planes are hitting birds. Fabio, 22 years ago. I looked up during the break uh, a story in USA Today. It said that uh, planes, this was 2018, planes strike birds more than 40 times a day, FAA data shows. Hmm. Um, I said over that year, over the year of 2018, there were over 14,000 collisions between planes and birds. And it causes upward of... uh, $1.2 $1.2 billion in damage. And they're trying to, they're trying to find ways to uh, alleviate the problem, but it's, uh, it's difficult because jets are quieter now than they used to be, and it's harder for birds to get out of the way, it says. And, uh, and uh, migratory uh, patterns are changing uh, on the birds. So anyway. Uh, how, how did uh, that affect the markets today, Gordon? 
Well, it wasn't a great day for the markets. No, straight across. Let's start with the S&P. It was down uh, 12 and a half points. Stupid. <laughs> I like that one. The NASDAQ was off 14 points. I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just disappointed. I'm actually starting to whip myself into angry. And the Dow was uh, down uh, just over 104 points. And, uh, ma'am, you've dialed a wrong number. <laughs> the, more, the more we can get Clowkey involved, the better. You know, I see the bees uh, news today. I did. Yeah. Tickets on sale. Tickets the 8th. are going on sale. You go see some bees baseball. And uh, what was uh, what was the attendance, Ost? I, I saw thirty two. I want to say thirty two hundred. So man, you're gonna have the ballpark to yourself. Heck yeah, sign me up. Not going to the bees game, Gordon? It's outdoors. Oh, I'm looking forward to getting back out to the ballpark. That sounds like a lot of fun. I do not want to be cold at the ballpark, though. It was a missing part of my summer, I felt, last year. Usually we try yes. to, the fam tries to get out to a few bees games, soak it in. They've really stepped up their food game over at the ballpark, too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's lots of good options over there. So I'm definitely taking advantage of that. And 3,200 fans, I mean, that, that'll be super nice. This uh, this drop uh, that I just played. the And, uh, ma'am, you've dialed the wrong number. That was like my fifth game ever producing way back in the day. And we used to dial him up on those ISDN machines, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. And somehow someone had gotten in to the broadcast, but they only only Cloudkey could hear them in his ears. <laughs> it wasn't. I was like, what is he do? What is he talking about? And so I asked him. He said, oh, there was some lady just chatting it up. She had called the wrong number. So he just said the broadcast. And, uh, ma'am, you've dialed the wrong number. That's amazing. I love Clocky. Uh, at some point, I think, uh, Austin, on a bad day for the markets, we need a, uh, from a, a certain broadcaster, we need what the hell just happened. Okay. There I'll, you go. I'll mark it down. Dial, dial that on Not up. Not producing S- good enough. Got it. S- save that one for a, a really bad day. Do you remember the highlight of uh, when the foul ball went into Clowkey's booth? Yeah. And it barely rattled him? Do we still have that somewhere? Oh, I can find we it. We should find that. Because Clowkey being the pro he is, a foul ball comes screaming into his booth, and he barely is like, whoop, <laughs> little foul ball there. Do we and have, here comes uh, the 2-2. Do we <laughs> do unlike we have... Unlike David, who got hit with the T-shirt cannon and had to go right to break. And the we, triage uh, and, and have, didn't describe the, what happened, so nobody really knew. Like we may be coming back for break, we might not be. Do we have the one of Clarky banging his knee when he passed out there momentarily? No. Jeez, you come in from these up-tempo records, Yo. man. They do it to me every time. One and one on Brett Nicholas, who's single to right his last time up. He's one for five. Eleven to two now in favor of Round Rock. He now ready. The pitch. Foul back. <laughs> well, so much for my computer. <laughs> Doesn't Nine, even rattle him. Out now, 157 left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it when we come back. Jazz by nine, 157 left in the set. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, 
Lucky <laughs> almost gets beamed by a 150-mile-an-hour foul ball. And you can hear and, it. And it's like uh, it's nothing. I mean, it's like... It... <laughs> well, so much for my computer. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> well, so much for my computer. And there, David, there's gets hit by, David gets hit by a T-shirt. And... <laughs> Climbing through foxholes. Nine, full time out now, 157 left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it when we come back. Jazz by nine, 157 left in the set. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. oh, the clocky one. I forgot how good that was. I mean, because you can hear that baseball just destroy. You can hear it screaming through the air. The oh, crowd, think, think, oh, <laughs> groaning. One and one on Brett Nicholas, who's single to right his last time up. He's one for five. Eleven to two now in favor of Round Rock. He now ready. The pitch. Foul back. <laughs> <laughs> well, so much for my computer. Uh, Tommy, where'd it go? There goes the old computer screen. It's broken, folks. <laughs> Oh, man. Clocky cool as a cucumber. 200 miles an hour. Flack! Well, computer's broken. Hit the computer right off his desk. a t-shirt. Grazes lock. Call the police! (laughs) The timing on Clocky there is absolutely magnificent. Morphine! Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, man, those are both so good for so many different reasons. Oh. Well, tell my family I love them. <laughs> there goes my computer. <laughs> a t-shirt. And I get that they're rolled up, but please. Well, I didn't see it coming, you know. It's not a 200-mile-an-hour baseball. Yeah, but it blindsided him. <laughs> it's a t-shirt. I just love the, the, the you can hear the space. And I think it was Adrian who was producing at the time. You could hear the space of where Adrian's thinking to himself, well, do I go to break? What do I do What what just happened? Full time out now, 157 left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it when we come back. Jazz by nine, 157 left in the set. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they go to break. You could hear, you could probably hear Adrian. David? David. David, you there. Well, I guess I got to go to break. Medic. Oh, man. That is. <laughs> oh. Well, so much for my computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, quick plug. Uh, speaking of Clowkey, Bees Baseball single game tickets go on sale on uh, on April 8th. So go to slbs.com uh, or uh, you can call 801-325-BEES and look into some tickets. It'll be great to have Bees Baseball back. Coming up next, Jay Drew of the Deseret News joins us 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.